Good evening, Wart listeners. Thank you for staying tuned to Query, Madison's longest-running radio program dedicated to LGBTQ plus issues. My name is Bill Kingsbury, and I'll be your host tonight. And our intro music was The Communards, So Cold the Night. Our good friend Jimmy Somerville talking about what he does on a cold night, which is uh, watch the man who's undressing for him in a window across the way. I don't know if that's recommended or not. It was consensual, though. Um, thank you again for tuning into Query. I'm very excited about our program tonight. I have two guests named Jamie. In the studio with me is Jamie Butler, the organizer of the Queer Joy Book Club. Good evening, Jamie. Hello. And on the telephone, I have Jamie Pacton, author of the Queer Joy Book Club's next events book called The Vermilion Underground. Welcome, Jamie Pacton. Hi. Hi. Thank you. And my next book is The Absence Underground. <laughs> the Absence Underground, right. Absence, Vermilion, they are really different. Well, <laughs> I'm going to introduce Jamie Butler a little bit more and talk about the Queer Joy Book Club. Jamie Butler is an award-winning costumer, artist, and leader of the Queer Joy Book Club. They spend their free time curating and promoting new queer books by indie and traditionally published authors, creating bookish art, and helping build a safe, welcoming LGBTQIA2S plus community. They're currently writing their first novel in a trilogy, a polyam queer romance space fantasy inspired by D&D, Treasure Planet, Dragon Age, Cyberpunk 2077, and The Fifth Element. They can be found on all the socials as Jamie B. Creations. Welcome to Query again, Jamie. Anything else you'd like us to know about you? Uh, no, thank you for having me, though. My great pleasure. So, this Queer Joy Book Club, what a great idea. We joked a little bit earlier about, oh, do the queers really need more joy in our lives? And I think the answer is a definitive yes. So I was really excited to hear about the Queer Joy Book Club. What can you tell us about how that came about? What was the origin of this wonderful organization? Yeah, uh, so uh, as a lot of you may have noticed, a lot of our mainstream media is uh, absent of queer um, representation. Uh, and um, we really wanted to, uh, with the surge of more uh, queer books uh, like Jamie Pacton's The Absence on the Around, um, servicing and coming into um, more availability for our readers um, to just highlight uh, stories of of joy, happiness, happy endings, romance. Um, we started out uh, where uh, I met with a group of um, fellow Madisonians, um, and I had dinner, and we just talked about uh, how we could create a book club. Um, there used to be a couple different queer book clubs in the area, but none of them that really survived the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and so it felt like there was just something that was missing, and uh, we wanted to create it. So uh, we started in uh, June of 2022. Okay. Um, the pandemic was kind of almost winding down at that point. Sort <laughs> of. Uh, we originally were meeting at a lot of different restaurants, um, trying to feature restaurants that were queer-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, and that just, as we grew in numbers, got a little too overwhelming. Right. 
Um, and so now that we meet uh, every third Tuesday um, at 6 p.m. at the uh, Goodman South Library off of Park Street. Okay. Um, the idea was uh, born out of, uh, like I said, just wanting to showcase those really interesting queer stories, um, things where queer people are the main character in the book, um, and where they get to have those happy endings. Um you know, they aren't the side character. They aren't the butt of the joke. Right. Um, they aren't the tragedy story. Well, I remember when Will and Grace was such a big deal to have a gay man on TV, but he never had a relationship. Right. He was always kind of the looking for love mm-hmm. kind of guy. And like, I, aside from the fact that I resemble that a little too closely, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm over that stuff. Like, let's have some love. Let's have some queer as folk kind of stuff. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of really good books out there that showcase um, the sadder side of, of our lives. Um, people that, uh, you know, died of AIDS. Um, people that uh, are having a first love, but it didn't work out. Um, and those are all really good books. Um, Call Me By Your Name is one um, that, that was came an amazing out. movie. It was a good movie, but mm-hmm. also pretty sad. Right, really sad. <laughs> Broke my heart. So we're not really looking for books that are... You know, all fluff and, and no context. Uh, but uh, we do definitely focus on books that, you know, at least our characters have hope, <laughs> have something sure. to look forward to. Well, so in February, we're, you're going to be talking about Jamie Butler's new book. But can you tell Jamie us about... Jamie Pactons. Jamie. <laughs> this is the Jamie Squared on the Air feature, and the host is not quite up to speed on everything. <laughs> Jamie Pactin's new book, but what other books have you talked about recently? Absolutely. Um, uh, one of our most recent books was um, the one that we're featuring this month, uh, which is called Bookshops and Bone Dust uh, by Travis Baldry. Um, that one is uh, sort of a D&D retelling uh, or, or influence book about um, an orc uh, warrior who um, kind of decides that she doesn't really want to be a warrior anymore mm-hmm. um it's a prequel to a book that was uh new york bestseller called legends and lattes um and uh you know that one's just kind of that one's more of a, a cozy romance um cozy fantasy romance which is really big in the industry right now um the one we f- featured before that was called uh gwen and art are not in love um that one is a uh, YA uh, double romance mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where uh, Gwen, a princess, uh, is n- not in love with her betrothed, Arthur, Art, um, and the two of them are each in love with um, uh, people of the same sex. And um, That's Arthur and Guinevere. It's... it's I, I mean, technically, names are from there. Yeah, it's technically those names, but it's it's like set several hundred years after the actual like Arthurian legends. Okay. So um, it's really fun. Um, we, we do feature a variety of YA and adult books. Um, we have spicy, we have not spicy. Um, we really try to show stories that are very diverse and um, kind of represent every aspect of the queer community. So ace awesome. stories, sapphic, a Killian, um, uh, 
queer in general, bi. Uh, we also look for different um, uh, backgrounds and um, fantasy or modern, contemporary, uh, everything. <laughs> Wonderful. So how can a person find out more about the Queer Joy Book Club? If our listeners uh, are intrigued and want to find out more, where can we find out more? Yeah, well, we, we do have a uh, like a, a feature ledge or shelf um, at a room of one's own bookstore. Um, on Atwood Avenue on, on Atwood. Madison's Near East Side. Um, if you join the club um, and you purchase our feature book of the month, uh, you'll get 10% off at room. Um, otherwise, uh, online, we are on Facebook at Queer Joy Book Club. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you can also get a link to our Discord. Uh, not everybody's familiar with Discord, but it's sort of like a online like a chat, chat server service. Thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, you can also find us, as I said, every uh, third Tuesday of the month at uh, Goodman South Library on Park Street. So people can just show up? Yes, uh, there's no fee involved. Um, you don't have to read the book. Um, one of the really good things about our book club is that we're a community. Um, mm-hmm. So we do more than just read books. Um, we hang out. We go see movies together. Uh, we have potlucks and parties. Um, some of our members will go and hit up the different um, antique stores or um, uh, resale shops and, and kind of do... Uh, looking for different clothes and things like that. Um, we're very supportive, uh, and we have a channel on our Discord that's about politics and hard things. Um, last year, we did a uh, fundraiser for uh, trans rights. Uh, it was a trans rights readathon, um, and we donated over $400 to um, the uh, Trans Association, um, MATA, M-A-T-A, here in Madison. Um, so we just kind of do everything. <laughs> wow. That, it sounds like just a queer joy club that also does books. <laughs> yes. What a great thing. And now we're going to try to get the Jamie thing right here. Uh, the next event, are you? so the, the event coming up on February 6th at A Room of One's Own is not your regular monthly book club meeting. You're assisting with the book launch for Jamie Pacton's book, The Absence Under Absence Underground. <laughs> a little bit of a tongue twister, yes. Um, it's, it's not something that we've done before, um, but we do try to get in touch with the authors that we are featuring books of. Um, Jamie just happens to be very friendly and local. Um, and uh, we are, so we are helping uh, with her book launch um, at A Room of One's Own as well as featuring her book. So if you buy her book or pre-order her book after February 1st, um, you will get 10% off. Excellent. And this is an excellent time to bring in Jamie Pacton. Welcome to Query once again, Jamie. Thank you. I'm going to just read this little bio of you. Jamie Pacton is an award-nominated young adult and middle-grade author who writes swoony, funny, magical books across genres. When she's not writing, she's teaching college English, obsessively reading obscure history, hiking, baking, or playing video games. Her books include The Vermilion Emporium, Lucky Girl, and The Life and Medieval Times of Kit Sweetly. Jamie Pacton, anything else you'd like us to know about you? 
No, I think that's it. I am delighted to be here, and I'm so excited to learn more about the Queer Joy Book Club because I think Queer Joy is so important, and it's kind of something that's woven through so many of my books and something I try to celebrate in, you know, everything I write. So I'm just delighted to connect with Jamie Butler and this club and this community. So thank you for having me here. Well, I'm so glad we could do this because we need more queer joy in the world. Absolutely. So your new book that is coming out in February is called The Absence Underground. And what is it about? Uh, So my quick pitch for this book is that it is a young adult sapphic romanticy um, about two best friends who are roommates, um, sort of this entire they were roommates trope, um, and they are poster thieves in a uh, Belle Epoque type city inspired by 1890s Paris. And they get hired by a green fairy, who, a real green fairy, who they meet in a nightclub uh, to do a heist in Fay. And so um, there is much sapphic pining in the book. There's glittering nightclubs, um, you know, reminiscent of like the Moulin Rouge era. Um, and then there is a portal fantasy into Fay where they go and attempt to pull off a heist and steal a Fay queen's jewels. So a little bit of something for everybody. Wow. Um, but it is a romp. It is full of twists and turns and um, absolutely inspired by history, but also <laughs> just kind of a grand adventure. I just finished reading the excerpt you sent me this afternoon, and I, I was feeling Paris, even though you weren't saying Paris. I was like, hmm, is this Paris? <laughs> it is. It is Paris. And my first uh, fantasy debut, the Vermilion Emporium, which came out last year, is actually set in the same city. So again, very much drawn from Paris um, and things like that. But then abs- the Absence Underground takes place 30 years later, and there is a character um, in common between those two books. So I've just kind of, I've always loved 1890s Paris and that time period. And so I've just kind of crafted this magical world um on that frame and built it out in my own way and the part where i've read has the two young women and they they both kind of have crushes on each other but at the point where i've read to they have not spoken about them to each other yet so uh, very (laughs) very very fun story so far and you left us with a cliffhanger so uh and Jamie has read more of the book than I have, so they uh, graciously stopped before giving away any spoilers. Now, absinthe is a liqueur. That the name of it is it's called the Green Fairy, and it's a uh, it's probably got like a several different kinds of herbs and stuff in it. What what role does abs- absinthe play? in this story? Um, well, <laughs> quite a bit. And also, I am definitely playing with the notion of the green fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just take us back to where this book began, and then I'll walk us up to your question briefly. Um, so this story idea came to me when I was at a Posters of Paris exhibit back in the Milwaukee Art Museum in 2012. And I saw this tiny little placard that was all about how poster thieves would steal these vintage posters, the kinds that, you know, they now display in museums and sell them to collectors, which is what in turn started this, um, you know, the reasons we have posters in museums is because they moved from marketing items to collectors items to fine art. Um, And anyways, I was so intrigued by this little 
tidbit about Poster Thief, but I had this idea of these two girls living on the, you know, fringes of society, stealing posters. And um, I sat with that story idea for a decade. Just I wrote other books. I couldn't figure out what the story was or who these girls were. Um, and then I finally kind of brought this idea together as I was looking for an option book um, for following the Vermilion Emporium. And I saw the painting at the Moulin Rouge. I, I knew this painting, but I just kind of came across it in some of my research again. So this is the one by Toulouse Lautrec that hangs in uh, the Art Institute of Chicago. So it's got at the Moulin Rouge and there's dancers and there's drinkers. Um, and then over in the right corner of the painting, there's a woman um, who's got kind of an acid green face. And I was just sort of hit by this notion as I was looking at this painting of like, what? What if there was actually, you know, this is Toulouse Lautrec capturing a green fairy in this moment at the, you know, at a nightclub. And that cracked it open for me. And so absence, like her, the color of her face reminded me of absence. And I just realized how we could tie all of these mini ideas together. So the role of absence in the book, to go back to your original question, is um, both a nod towards the very real green fairy. And then she's crushing up say jewels to make absence within the sort of lore of the story itself. And that's why you get these beautiful um, hallucinations that absence was supposed to cause. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's why we didn't have the kind of hallucinations, because our absence wasn't made with real fey jewels. <laughs> Correct. And, you know, I did a lot of research. And, I mean, absence gets, I don't like absence personally. It's not to my taste. Uh, but it gets such a bad reputation. It was sort of uh, blamed for all the ills that, you know, people wanting to do prohibition were, you know, is, is where they saddled it with those. Um, but, you know, the reason so many artists and writers <laughs> had negative experiences with absence or perished because of it is simply just because of the volume that they drank, you know? Um, they could have been drinking anything, I, and then that amount, it would have killed them. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it just, you know, but there's something definitely romantic about absence as a green fairy. And then, of course, it was also um, immortalized in these posters and things that I, you know, my book cover drew inspiration from some of those vintage posters that had absence. Um, as their featured product. So, Do you have a selection you can read for us? Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm going to read is both the dedication, because I think it's important to the conversation at hand, and then I'll just read a few paragraphs from the beginning. So this is from The Absence Underground. This is the dedication, which I still makes me a little emotional, but this book is dedicated to all the queer people throughout history who have loved each other quietly, fiercely, and too often secretly, and to all the queer kids out there now who deserve the happiest real-life stories always. And part one of the book is called The Green Fairy, so here we go. Chapter one, Sybil. The night was running away from them. Sighing in frustration, Sybil Clarion abandoned her sketch pad on so and the sofa where she had been sprawled for the last hour. Ten clangs shook the apartment Sybil shared with her best friend, Esme Rimbaud, sending most of their cats skittering under the closest couch, rattling teacups, knocking pictures off the walls, and making candle flames quiver. Even after a year, Sybil still wasn't used to living in a clock tower. But then, did one really ever get used to such things? As the last peal sounded, Sybil paced in stocking feet to the clock face. She stared past the ticking hands and into the night. Rain slicked the streets below, turning them into shadowy rivers. Sybil leaned her forehead against the cool pane, drumming her fingers against the glass. Her other hand clutched the bronze key she wore in a chain around her neck. The key was about the size of her longest finger. 
thin through the middle with a crown of metal flowers and vines twisting together at the top. Eager to feel anything other than boredom, Sybil pushed her index finger into the seven teeth at the end of the key, letting them nip into her flesh. Even with the rain in the late hour, the city was busy. Horse-drawn carriages and cabs clattered over the cobblestones, hurling arcs of dirty water that sent pedestrians scrambling. A bit further down the block, three people came out of a brightly lit cafe. They huddled together under a single umbrella, laughing, cupping their cigarettes to keep them dry, and clearly having a marvelous time. Sybil twisted the key through her restless fingers. Beyond her neighborhood, the gaslit signs of nightclubs and the glowing boulevards near the opera house painted the vermilion and lapis districts in a soft light. There was so much happening in Severon tonight, so many new rare posters going up, so many other gangs of poster thieves beating her to them, and here Sybil was, stuck at home, again, with no money to go out, and this month's rent due soon. So I'll stop there. Yay. We're both clapping in the <laughs> studio here. Excellent. So, uh, thank you for the previous introduction where you uh, talked about the posters because I was, I, I read, I think the excerpt is the first five chapters or something like that. And right. I was like, poster thieves, who would have thought? But, you know, then uh, on the other hand, you look at some of these works that are now in museums and they're absolutely art. And, and even around Madison, I don't see as many posters on kiosks as I used to, but I'm old enough that that used to be the only way that people found out about stuff was physical media or over the radio. And I'll just say there were some pretty creative posters for punk rock shows and stuff like that 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 we used to see. Yeah, I remember those punk rock show days. Um, you know, one thing that's interesting about these posters, which are iconic, right, when you think of Paris or something, those rounded, the Morris columns they're called. Um, did you know that before they had those, they actually had posters above urinals throughout the city? Um, because I think the rationale was, you're here, you might as well read something. Um, but well, I'm here to tell you. It. I'm here to tell you that you can still find these in men's rooms to this day. <laughs> a lot of the clubs have uh, if, things that are coming up, uh, hanging over the urinals. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I think that then they sort of switched to we want to advertise to more people more broadly, and so that's when then those poster columns came about. Um, and then, you know, I in one of the art museum guides I have a, sort of from this exhibit, um, there was such a robust trade in posters that there were even like some famous anarchists put out a guide to, you know, how to steal the posters, how to not get caught. Why shouldn't you steal them? You can make your, you know, decorate your home for free with these beautiful posters. So um, I think we only see the end result. But, and, you know, on the ground at the time, it was quite a, a robust market of thieves and collectors and dealers. And I, I find that very exciting, actually. It, it... I agree. It sounds uh, like quite the bustling nightlife uh, there yeah. in Severan. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in addition to, you know, stealing these posters, then the absent underground itself is the name of the nightclub that the Green Ferry runs. And so that is a direct nod to the clubs where, you know, Toulouse Lautrec and Oscar Wilde and all these other people were hanging out in. Um, and one thing I would say in relation to this call and this interview is one thing I found so exciting was that these these clubs actually provided queer safe spaces for many, many people. Um, you know, they were places where you could kiss who you wanted or dance with who you wanted. And there were even, you know, one of my research books is called uh, Lesbian Decadence, um, Representations in Art and Literature in Fin Hill, France. Like, you know, it was just an exciting space for people to go outside of these rigorous 
a rigid Victorian norm. So kind of pulling out all of that. And there is an author's note in the back of the book, which you didn't get to in your excerpt, that details what I pulled from history and how it's woven through the book as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, well, <laughs> I would suggest buying the book. Okay, kidding. there we go. Um, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. Um, there is an author's note that has, so I, I speak about a couple of the things that are directly from history. So posters and thieves, poster dealers, the nightclubs, absence, um, queer culture in 1890s Paris. And I've hit upon a lot of it here. Um, but I just, I think it's an exciting time to think about what queer people were doing, how they were finding joy and, um, you know, the ways that they were able to express themselves. Um, Cause we have always created those spaces. Uh, it, absolutely. You know, it's not always been easy, but if you can't be yourself in mainstream society, well, find some like-minded people and, get together with them and and our salons will be more fabulous than yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Agree. Um, and speaking of fabulous, I should tell you that for this book event coming up, um, so the book launch at Room of One's Own, I try to treat every book launch like a party. And my first book came out in 2020 during the pandemic. So I launched it from home. Um, and I'm really excited about this event because the fabulous Jamie Butler is hosting a costume contest at the book launch. So people are encouraged to come in costume if they want to. Um I don't know. Jamie Butler, did you want to say anything about that? Yeah. Um, so if, if any of you look up this book, which you absolutely should, the cover is incredibly gorgeous and kind of based off of these posters that um, Jamie has been explaining. Um, and uh, my costume is going to be based off of the Green Fairy, who's Maeve uh, in the book, um, off the cover. Uh, but we will be giving out a $25 gift card to Room of One's Own uh, for the winner that we pick. Um, Jamie's also going to be uh, providing posters of the cover of her book, as well as postcards, I think you said. Oh, there's going to be postcards, keys, all sorts. I just keep shopping for it. So. <laughs> Excellent. All right. And, you know, we're close enough to the end that I want to make sure we get the details out there. The The book we're talking about is The Absence Underground by Jamie Pacton. And the book launch event will be at Room of One's Own on Tuesday, February 6th at 6 p.m. Uh, do you need to make any reservations or sign up in advance? No. Or can no. you just show up? No, just show up. Yep. And it will be a masked event. Everything in a room of one's own is masked. So, um, and you can find out more about Jamie Pacton at her website, jamiepacton.com. And that's J-A-M-I-E-P-A-C-T-O-N. And you can find out more about the Queer Joy Book Club on their Facebook site. Anything else we want to know, you want us to know about how we get in touch with you guys or any of your events or... Um, I'm, I'll just say that all my social media is the same. So J-A-M-I-E-P-A-C-T-O-N at Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter. So I would look forward to hearing from anyone there. And um, there's lots of information on the book. There's a whole post on Instagram I just did about costume ideas. So if you want to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to find anything about Queer Joy Book Club, um, you can also find me on all the socials as Jamie B B E E as in the bug creations. Um, all of my personal social media is linked to the club as well. All right. I want to thank Jamie Butler and Jamie Pacton for being my guests tonight, talking about the Queer Joy Book Club and Absence Underground. I want to give a shout out to my good friend, Miss Bliss and her wonderful children. 
Thank you for listening to Mr. Smith, my good neighbor, for calling people up and telling them uh, to listen to the program because Bill is on the air. I want to thank Shali for being the engineer tonight. And stay tuned for This Way Out.